Israeli blogger Daniel Amram has been following the tragic disappearance of Moshe Kleinerman, who has been missing now for for 84 days. Uh, da- Daniel ha- actually went to Williamsburg and confronted Rabbi Yoel Roth. Rabbi Yoel Roth was one of the last people to see Moshe before he went missing. So, Daniel, thank you very much for joining us and for being involved. Thank you. It's my pleasure. And what I found most surprising, uh, re- seeing, watching your confrontation, your questioning of Rabbi Roth, is he seemed to have been very familiar with Moshe, more than I expected he said that Moshe followed him and his group around Eretz Yisrael for many days. They went from one Kever, you know, Kever Tzadikim, one to the next. And even Moshe was even on his bus at one point. And we know they spent that last Shabbos together. So can you tell us what you know? Yeah, from what I, from what he felt, um, he knows he knows that something is up. When I woke up to him, he was like, what do you want? And as soon as I show him the photo, he's like, hesitate to answer. But then he started revealing the what's happening there and he was saying um he was there he followed us around for a whole day everywhere that we went and we tried to get rid of him he said and yes. i was surprised. he said we were not able to get rid of him those were his exact words on the recording right and as soon as i saw that he know what i'm talking about i was trying to get more and more information and from what i see he saw him and as soon as uh the last time that he saw him, he's saying that he was trying to get into the bus. And then he asked, they asked them to leave the bus. And then he got into the trunk. And then that's the last time he saw him, he's saying. Amazing. He said he literally traveled in the trunk of the bus or the baggage compartment of the bus, which is that itself to me. And again, it doesn't mean there are any suspicions. It's just there's a lot of questions and a lot of mystery where you have a group traveling, they say there's no room on the bus, and the 16-year-old boy travels in the trunk of the bus, and, and it seems happen. Yeah, and they didn't. I don't know if they alerted any authorities, alerted the parents, the yeshiva, something. It, it's it's a strange story. If I was on a tour bus and a boy gets into the trunk of the bus, or anybody did, you know, you would think we would get involved again. I'm just asking questions. I don't know. But and that was the last time he saw him was actually was that after the Shabbos? We, the Shabbos of March 26th was the last time he was seen. So that bus ride, do you know when that was in the timeline? The time exactly, I don't know. But what I know, there was a Shabbat in Miron. In Miron, right. And make it in there. I don't know if he made it on the trunk of the, of the, of the bus or because it was in Me'arat HaMachpelah. And from there... Um, all the way to Miwon. And that's a whole ride. It's like, um, I don't know, three, four hours drive. In the trunk? So I, I don't know if he was in the trunk the whole time. Right, but right. Okay, another question. What, yeah. But that's very, very strange. And, and then where it gets, I think, more frustrating is that the police were clearly very negligent here. You know, by all, anybody's, all, you know, all reports. And, and here's what I mean, very simple. Rabbi Roth and his group, they're telling you they saw him. They were the last to see him. This is a missing persons case. So they're material witnesses. So the police should then be questioning them. Again, it doesn't mean that the, that you suspect them, but now we have to put together, create a timeline. When was he last seen? Do all of their stories match? When did they see him? Where did they see him? Right? Where was he heading? Did he talk to anybody? So to me, the police have to be questioning them 
thoroughly because they might not even realize they might have information that they might not even think is useful. And then the police starts putting the story together, the puzzle together and realize that it's useful. And it doesn't sound like any of that has gone on. Right. From what I know now is that the family actually reached out to the rabbi a week after the, the boy was missing. And that's something that I know after I met them and I upload this video and people told me, hey, actually they talked to them and they saying that he, they asked them, do you know where the boy? We know that he was with you on the Shabbos. And he was just saying, I don't know where he's at. He was with us. The same story that he told me on the video. Wow. Now, a few other things that seem a little a little bit strange is you asked Rabbi Roth if he'd be willing to put up a picture, a poster of Moshe as a missing person in his base medrash. Because obviously, again, you know, the group was aware of him. He was following them around. So he was obviously, as you said, he was somebody who clearly was attracted to Rabbi Roth's group. He did not want to do that. And you also (laughs) asked him if it's possible that Moshe maybe followed him to America. And tell us about yeah. how that went. So I was I was trying to ask them to see. Uh, of course, he's, he he doesn't have a trunk to follow him all the way to America. But I wanted to see the response of the rabbi to this, and the way he was responding to it was a little suspicious to me because he was like looking at me to see if I believed it. And I remember that it was this um, on YouTube people saying if they answered you and they keep looking at you to see it. And you can see on the video, he say, no, but he keep looking at me right there to see if reassurance, if I believe. But again, I'm not a professional. We need to have a police investigate this thing uh, professionally. Exactly. Exactly. Again, it's just asking the questions. Yeah, he started asking you about your tattoo at one point. Which then was, he uh, just reached out the, the subject <laughs> to ask about tattoos all of a sudden. And yeah. yeah. And, and you do wonder if it's possible that maybe Mushi is in America. You know, that, I mean, that would explain it. Then, then we're looking all, everyone's looking in the wrong place. Again, part, it, there is a part very important that the mom um, said that she saw a fake passport on Moishi Packpack. Really? Before we went to the street. A fake tra- uh, passport. This is a part that not I a lot. I did not see that reported anywhere. Yes, there is a report. And I heard that from uh, people that are very close to the family. They don't know, they don't give us a lot of information. You know, the people that actually work on this case, they're not a professionals. I know that they do a lot of hard work, but this is not involved with like police investigations and everything that they pass. It's more like chesed organizations, more like Afghanim. They're doing good work. They're doing really good work, but. You know, it's not a professionals. Exactly. I give them a lot of credit. It, it, that, Baruch Hashem, they're doing it because there's nobody else stepping in. But exactly what you just said. There are detectives. There are people who specialize in missing persons and hunting somebody down, especially when there was a big lapse where there was 10 days when they, uh, you know, in between the, mis- the, the, you know, the disappearance and them actually alerting the police for whatever reason because they thought he was traveling or whatever it was. But two, I would call it bombshells, two things that I was not aware of that you're pointing out is number one, that they actually were in contact with Rabbi Roth a few days after he went missing. I was not aware of that. And a passport? She actually saw some sort of passport? I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, this is incredible because this is like information that we were supposed to know or at least the police should know. And I don't know if they even know about this. I I wonder. I'm so skeptical. Uh, And there are a lot of stories. In Eretz Yisrael, for whatever reason, the police... 
uh, Haredim, but even not with Haredim. You know, when it comes to real detective work, there are many, many stories where they're just they're just negligent or incompetent. Um, one, know, uh, that the, it was a week ago. It was Sapir Nahum, who was another girl that was missing in Israel, and you could see the crazy amount of police investigations and the the, the work that they put out. And this is why I'm wondering how this is 80 days already. And you don't see the amount of the... Just now, it was a report that the, the name of Moishi was not even on the missing list on the police in Israel. Wow. As 84 days. That's inexcusable. That's <laughs> so, so, so tragic. Now, I, I really wonder, and nobody knows the answer to this, but it, it, as far as what the different possibilities are, obviously we're hoping you know, for the happiest ending. Um, I, Look, there, there, are diff- there are different options. One factor is that he used to visit Kivre Tzadikim, as we said. He used to go into Arab villages. He was even beaten in an Arab village. If you ask me, I would think the most likely scenario is he wandered into an Arab village. Chassar he may have been captured, and he may be in captivity right now, and maybe he could be found. Maybe he could be found alive, or maybe he was hurt by, by Arabs. To me, the idea that... You know, and, and I know that uh, the Shin Bet told the family they don't think he was abducted by Arabs. I, I don't understand why that's not a, a real possibility. The other thing I don't understand, a 16-year-old boy, this happened a few months ago in Meron, and uh, very tragically, somebody actually hurt himself and, and he died of hypothermia. He froze to death. This happened in late March. So if Chas Shalom, there's a body. If Chas Shalom, he would not be alive. They have dogs. They have you know, a lot of these search parties, I think they would have likely found him. I mean, a 16-year-old boy, even if he breaks his leg, he'll be able to yell. You know, he'll have a few days. He's, it's not that cold. So to me, it just doesn't seem likely that he was hiking and just disappeared, although obviously we have no idea. Yeah, that's definitely uh, kind of strange. That if he's if he's dead, hopefully, of course, not Kasvisholem, they probably would have found him already. Exactly. Or alive somewhere hiding or someone is hiding them. Agreed. I think that's the most likely scenario, which is why we have to really put the pressure on, which is why I really give you a big yashikayach. What you did was so brave, and I think it's really going to open up a lot of this, because for whatever reason, Ami Magazine also, you know, they put this on the front page. Do you have any other knowledge? You mentioned you were in touch with the family or friends of the family. Any other knowledge about what's currently happening that you can share? So what's going on right now, I understand that they just keep the pressure. They're going always on the media. They're going always um, calling up any any possibilities and calling up. Now they start really working on it. But it's been like 80 days that we didn't hear anything from the media. Right now, just on the past three, four days, it started actually um, going crazy on the media in right. Israel. And Picking hopefully that can help and we can find this boy. Amen. Hopefully it continues. Okay, so like I said, Yashikaya, for what you are doing, if there's any way that we can help, the Vin News can help, I can help, you know, we want to do what we can. Um, but I appreciate you taking this but time. And Sorry, yeah. Oh, this is so important. I mean, there's a family right now. They don't know where their child is. There's a child somewhere, a teenager, uh, you know, hopefully alive and well, but obviously alone or not with his family, I should say. Um, how do people, I know you are all over social media, on, on TikTok, on YouTube. Tell, tell us how we can find Daniel Amram. Uh, you can find me on YouTube. Just type Daniel Amram. It's going to pop up on TikTok as well. On Telegram, wherever you, you type Daniel Amram, 
on Twitter, on TikTok, on Instagram, and okay. it's going to... You do amazing work. Israeli blogger, Daniel Amram, as we said, on top of this story, and uh, anything we could do, please let us know. Hopefully we have a Thank happy ending very, very soon. So yeah, I appreciate the call. Same here. Be well. Yeah.